So we're looking at the parable of the lost son. We're going to read it later, but um, before we, we, we get to uh, reading it, I just want us to um, see what we know already. You know, it's a three-part lesson and all that business. What do we, what do we know um, about this, the parable of the lost son? Sometimes it's called the parable of the prodigal son. Um, and uh, Luke gives it us uh, in, uh, as part of a, a trilogy, a lostness, if you like. Um, but I, I just want you to, um, just for a minute, have a think. Who's in the story? Because let's face it, it's the characters that make the story, isn't it? So, who's in the story? Have a think for yourself. If you've got um, children with you, um, then it might be worth, you know, asking them, you know, do you know this story? Who's in it? You know, um, maybe now, just to cover the noise of that happening, you could talk to the people next year. Who's in this story? Well, you know, the, the human-ish. Now, it could be that this morning you've never heard of this story. And that's okay, because right now you're learning. Okay? Right then. If, if you think you can tell us just one character out of this story, stick your mitt up in the air, and I'm going to come and uh, ask a few people. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. I, I'm, I'm not picky. I'll, I'll choose adults if I need to. But, you know, yeah. The father, the father. Yep, there's a father in this story. Yep, uh, let's have a look. Who else? Um, you ought to know. There's a son in this story. Yeah, can you be specific? There's an older son in this story. Yeah, there's a big brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say brother as well. You were going to say brother. Well, you maybe uh, we could, we'll give you the younger brother. Yeah. Yeah, because there's two, there's two boys in this story. There's some the younger and some the, the older. Anybody else? Um, one's a baddie and one... Okay, yeah, so, so we're getting into a bit of character, you know, what are they like, yeah? Yeah, you're right, you're right, Andy, you're right. Um, anybody else? Who else is in this story? Because there are some other characters... A lord of hangers on. Yeah, a lord of hangers on. Some fair weather friends. Some, uh, well, if it were a dog, you'd call them, you'd say it were cupboard look, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, dog. There's some pigs. That's right. Any other characters? Servants. There's some servants, you're right. There is some servants. Any other characters? Neil? the fatted calf had a walk-on part. <laughs> limited. Limited part, yeah. yeah. Big, big, uh, big protracted death scene on that one on the film version, yeah? Employer. There's an employee, yeah. There's a, there's a pig man, yeah. Okay, any other characters before we move on? No, I think... 
Well, let's check, shall we? Let's check. Maybe uh, as we, uh, we look at this list, let's see if, uh, if you've got all these. The young son. There's a dad. There's an old son. There's a servant. Uh, there's uh, a pig owner. There's some pigs and a fatted calf. And uh, we've added to the list, because the right, there were some hangers on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me just ask you, if um, Spielberg walked through that door now and he said, right, I'm casting for my next epic, um, The Prodigal Son, The Lost Son, which part, I'll not say would you like, but which part are you best suited to? Okay? Which part, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to come and ask you, I just want you to think, which part are you best suited to? Which part best fits your experience already? Okay, you know, we're, we're, you've got to become that, that, that role, aren't you? So, uh, have we got any younger sons in the audience? I'm a younger son, or a younger daughter. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of them, yeah. Uh, have we got any dads in the audience, or mums? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Any older sons? Big brothers, big sisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any servants? Yeah. Yeah. Any pig owners? Once upon a time, eh, Andy? Um, But not at the moment. Uh, Any pigs? Just got the manners to match, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Any fatted calves? Not today, thank you. Okay. So, there's some roles in this story that actually speak, from our, speak into our experience and speak from our experience. It, maybe, maybe, I know Jesus told this story, okay, to, to teach us something about uh, our relationship with God. But maybe, um, it kind of works a little bit both ways, and as much as... We can learn what it is to be a good son or a not-so-good son from this story. We can learn what it is to be a good dad or a good mum from this story. Not so sure we can learn about obedience as a, a, a servant, possibly, from this story. Not sure we can learn much about what it is to be a pig from this story, other than you have to eat. So if anybody wants to sign up for that one, that's, that's fine. Uh, and as Neil's already pointed out to us, fatted calf, it's a limited role. Okay, brilliant, right. Um, now, one of the central kind of themes that, that runs through the story is, um, is love. Okay? Uh, and as we've said, Jesus told this story to teach something about the love, of, in part, the, the love of God. We come to our reading, and um, this morning, uh, it it will be up there, but I'm going to read it to you just out of the NIV. As you are, I'll not be that long. So, reading from Luke 15, starting at uh, verse 11. Jesus continued... 
because he'd already told him two stories. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. I can't wait for you to die. Can you just give it me now? What were it that you said, Andy? One of them were about them. So he divided his estate, his property, between them. Now, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. I don't think it means that he went and lived under a bush and ate snails. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to these fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went back to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, but is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, The older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What's going on? Your brother's come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he was back safe and sound. The older brother became angry, and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, and you've never given me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate 
and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. You know, the process by which we have been found was both costly but eternally effective. And as we move into a short time of worship, let's remember that. that this morning your work is done death has lost its sting because we're back in relationship with God thank you that this morning we are different because of you thank you that this morning we have a new father a Father in heaven. That we're the apple of His eye. Thank you that we're so deeply, deeply loved. And Lord, as we come to think upon Your Word, we pray that You would open our hearts to Receive what it is that you say to us. Speak to each one of us by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please take a seat. If we could have our... Uh, uh, thank you. Lovely. Now please, um, earlier on, you were kind of quite interactive. Okay, don't switch off. <laughs> don't switch off. This is not the bit where you switch off for uh, 45 minutes and, oops. Uh, and, uh, okay. We've already looked at uh, that there's so many different characters in this story. Um, uh, if I was to ask you, who is the story about? I wonder what the answer would be. Because you might say, well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's about the lost son. Because that's what the title of the story is. The parable of the lost son. Okay. Some of you on a deeper level might say, well, actually, it's about me. It's about us. And our relationship with God. And you'd be right. On both counts. 
But this morning we're going to look at it in a slightly different way. Because if you think about it, any story can be about any of the characters. If you look at it through their eyes. Okay? Often when we look at this, we, we focus on the young son, don't we? Yeah, we focus on him. Uh, we're not doing that this morning, really. Not directly, anyway. And we look at, well, you know, if we identify with the young son, then what does it mean, what does it say about us? Just as what does it say about the young son? But we're not doing that this morning. That's a different sermon. And there is a danger that um, when it comes to parables that, that we try and make him say too much. Okay? That is a danger. And that we unpick each and every single detail out of them and, and try and make him say each thing, say a different thing. Uh, and that's a danger. Actually, Jesus usually, when he told a story, he told it just to make one point. Okay? Uh, so we're going to try and avoid kind of overthinking it, if you like, this morning or overreading into it. This morning we're focusing on what does this story, or what does the story that we're looking at, tell us about God? Okay? Now why this question? Why this question? Why, why not look at the, what it says about the, us and what it says about the, um, the young son? Well, the reason for that is that... Um, when we look into the story, we look at the context that Jesus told it. And we have to go back to the beginning of the chapter, verse 1 and 2. Now, tax collectors and sinners were all gathering to hear him. That's Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And on hearing that, Jesus launches into three stories all about lostness. Or are they about foundness? The central character that runs through all three stories is not the one that's lost because that's different. It's the fact that there's somebody searching, there's somebody looking, there's somebody finding. You see, the Pharisees thought, we've got this business sorted, we're fixed. We've got all our ducks in a row. Do you know anybody like that? When it comes to the, you know, the life, and what have you. They've got all, they think they've got all their ducks in a row. They think they've got it sorted. 
and they were muttering that Jesus was spending time with people that quite evidently had not. And Jesus said, ah, but listen to these stories. What does he say elsewhere in Scripture? It's the sick that need a doctor, not the well. Now, within lots of parables, there's a code. Not necessarily a difficult code, but there's a code. And that's why quite often, you know, you get instances where the disciples pull Jesus aside on the choir after he's told them a parable and go, explain, what was that all about? Well, here we are. Here's the top secret code for this Um, the parable of the lost son the dad in the parable is God okay that's the code so when uh, you see the character of the the dad in the parable it's really it's talking about God so if you you see what the dad's like you see what God's like okay and um, if you're in the position where actually your image of a dad is nothing like what's in here uh, firstly I'm sorry But secondly, just know that whatever your dad will like, God is fantastic. And take it at face value. I know that's difficult when experience tells you otherwise. But take it at face value. He's fantastic. He's the best dad. And if you're a dad, you've ever been a dad or you're going to be a dad, model yourself, not on any self-help book, but on God. Okay, that's a different sermon. Leave that one. Okay. Okay. I said not to switch off, didn't I? So, what does this story tell us about about God? Have a think, and then have a chat. And if you've been alert for the rest, the service that's already happened, you might have a few prompters. Okay. Have a think, and then have a chat. Now, those that start talking quickly, obviously don't think before you talk. And those that carry on talking for ages obviously don't know when to stop. Off you go. Again, if you've got children with you, talk to them about the story. Engage them. Okay then. What does this story teach us about God then? If you've had an insight, stick your hand up and we'll we'll share it. There's no right, there's no wrong answers. Probably. Neil? He just wants us to submit in love to him and however torturous a route that is, is not relevant. The end result is that he just wants us to be with him. Okay. Knowing God is what's on God's heart. He wants to be known. He wants us to know him. And whatever path we take to get to know him, I'm not going going Unitarian one of you here. I mean, whatever life experience we endure in order to get to know him, 
is valuable. Yeah. Okay. Any other things that this story tells you? Yep, come to the back. He's forgiven. That no matter what we do, if we repent, he's always ready to forgive us. Yeah, no matter what stuff up we manage to perform or be, God still forgives us. God still loves us. God still accepts us. Yeah, thank you. Anything else? Oh, next. Um, also, because with the parable that you've given, oh, that you've explained, um, we're also, I feel like we also need to focus that the other son, just because God didn't acknowledge the efforts of the other son the same way they have, he acknowledged the efforts of the lost son, for me, it doesn't mean that God loves any less, meaning that all the effort that we put in, all the obedience that we put onto uh, our relationship with God, God still acknowledges just as much as God would have acknowledged if we had been lost. Yeah. So I just want to say. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's that, there's that one little sentence in it uh, that we, we read where um, his, his elder grumbly, mumbly son says, look, it's not fair. And what's his dad's first reply to him? I love you. For all that you've done, all that you are, I love you. He's different. His path has been different. But I love you. Just as I love him. Anything else? What did it tell about God, Tony, and then Dave? I think we've all discovered in the past where... We pray vehemently for something, passionately for something, and then question why we didn't get what we asked for and how we discovered something we weren't expecting. Um, the son asks for half of his inheritance, which the father, God, gives him, but the boy, the son, discovers something far more valuable out of the process doesn't recognise good things in his life outcome um, so goes home and then discovers he's been given far more than he asked for in the first place Thanks Johnny Dave? Uh, I think it shows us that God is gracious and kind and he doesn't force us to do things um, but he loves us nevertheless point up um, you that have lost your dad and had a inheritance what would you rather have his pocket wash or his presence yeah that's what the son wanted the pocket watch they thought but it was a presence that actually counted yeah and yeah God is just so gracious and kind you know um should Owen say to me, Dad, I can't wait for you to die, can I have the car? I might dropkick him. Um, <laughs> you want to go to a foreign country? Get ready, you're going. Uh, but no, he, uh, in the story, the dad says, okay, waiting. I love you. Lovely. Right, you've just had, um, put your hand up if you've just shared something with us. 
you just, if you just contributed, yeah? One, two, one, two, three, four, five. You've had five sermons. Well done, well done. Uh, you're going to get another now. So, um, here's some thoughts I have. It's funny, um, this has been knocking around for about a month. If you've uh, been to Encounter, you'll know that um, as our, I don't know what you call it, outro at the end of Encounter where the band get let off the leash and we choose a song and do it. We've been doing a song um, that really is the song about this, this um, parable. Uh, it's called If I Run To You. Um, we're not doing it this morning, so don't panic. Okay. But this, that's, that's been happening for about a month now, uh, and it's been simmering. But when I sat down to kind of write this bit of the sermon, it ended up being totally different to what I thought. This thing about this, this parable actually being all about God, or looking at it being about God. I think that this parable has the potential to reshape our vision of God. Okay? I wonder, do we view... Sorry, I'm not moving on. Uh, Ah, there we go. I wonder if we view God a bit like that. When I uh, was looking for this picture, I actually put... Angry old man with big stick. I've got a picture of Andy. Um, Andy old man with big stick. Must have, I must have mistyped it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's like it's like back in the day, isn't it? You know, good old days. Yeah, minor strike, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wonder if we see him a bit like that, like some. Uh, Angry, agitated policeman with a big stick was just waiting for us to slip up. And I wonder if we live our lives kind of um, in response to that. Oh, I've got to get it. I've got to get it right. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Otherwise, God will be cross. Now, hear me and hear me well. I'm not saying that God is not a God of justice. I'm not saying that God is not a holy God who uh, has standards and that must be adhered to. Okay? But maybe what we do is we see God in them terms. Waiting for us to slip up. Like an angry dad. Do we see that in this parable? Is that the picture that we see? Up and down for yes, side to side for no. It's not, is it? And yet Jesus told this parable. That's not the picture that we get. If I'm allowed to um, get my little boxer watercolours out and possibly, possibly embellish the story with a little imagination... Maybe this is more like the picture of God that we get in this parable. You see, I don't think it's beyond 
the realms of possibilities. Having read some of the other lost stories, found stories, whatever you want to call them, having read um, huge uh, other bits of scripture, that actually the dad in this story got up before sunrise every day. And his business of the day was hope. And I can imagine him getting up and walking, riding, whatever, to the highest point at the farthest edge of his land, nearest the road that he saw his son leave on. And I can imagine him standing, possibly sitting, and watching. And watching and waiting. Because maybe, maybe today would be the day that his son came back. You see, the son had taken his self with his part of the will. But the dad had never written his son off. And so each day he'd get up and he'd walk and he'd wait and he'd watch. And the other stories reinforce that. You know the story of the lost sheep where the shepherd has got under sheep and at the end of the day he gets them all into the fold and he counts them and he's got 99 do you know what a shepherd would do? At the end of the day, he said, good enough. To lose one, I've still got 99. That's what a shepherd would do. But the good shepherd says, I'm not writing that one off. I'm going to go and find it. And so I get this picture. And I wonder, you know, as um, it makes me chuckle slightly to myself, the, the son is rehearsing his spiel. Have you ever, I mean, have you ever been kind of in the, in the wrong? I, I know it's hard for, study looking at you, it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, you've ever been in the wrong. But, you know, I can take, take it from me. You do rehearse what you're going to say. Yeah, when you have that encounter, you know. Um, and I can imagine the, the son kind of rehearsing it and editing what he's going to say. And, you know, well, that might be a bit more effective. That, uh, you know, I'm not asking for a lot really, Dad. I'm not, you know, I don't want to come back and live in the house. I just want to be a servant, blah de blah de blah Did you notice the dad actually never replied to him? When he actually met up with him and, 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 and the son blurts out his blurb, you know, his, 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 his best offer, you know, please take me back, I'll be a servant, you know. The dad never speaks to him. He throws his arm around him, he says to the servants, come on, dress him well, 
put a ring on his finger. We're not looking into it too deep, but having a ring means that you belong. Clothe him well. Don't let his shame be seen. We're not looking into it too deep. Don't let shame be seen. The lad's starving. I could lecture him. I could tear a strip off him, but let's feed him instead. I wonder what the dad whispered in his ear. I wonder what would you want God to whisper in your ear? Oh, I forgot. That's offensive. That's probably why I didn't press it. That's my picture of God in this story. Always on the lookout. Always just waiting for his boy to return. What does God say to us? Well, firstly, he says, welcome. You know, the dad's actions in this story show that the son was welcomed back. The dad's actions say, I forgive you. Yeah, you've lost half what we're worth. But I forgive you. I'd rather have you than the property. And I still love you. Because you see, before the lad went off, the dad loved him. And when he came back, the dad still loved him. I was going to put, I love you on that. But for some reason this morning, it's important that it says, I still love you. And that's speaking to somebody, I don't know who, but God says to you this morning, I still love you. I still love you. So what do I say? What do you say? Well, that's up to you, isn't it? That's up to me. Just to go back to the story, what what did the boy say? What did the son say? The younger one. When his dad had clothed him and everything else, he just accepted it, didn't he? He accepted it and got on with living with his dad. He accepted it and got on living with his dad.